I would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land in which this podcast is being recorded, the Gonokurnai Nation. I pay my respects to their elders, past, present and emerging, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders, especially those listening here today. Welcome to Catch Me Outside My Comfort Zone, a lifestyle podcast that focuses on the outside of our zones as well as the inside of our homes. I'm your host, Alyssa Sutherland, interior designer and entrepreneur. Come with me as I take you on a journey to build the life of your dreams. Welcome back to Catch Me Outside My Comfort Zone. How exciting. Another episode is out and in your ears. It's actually been a hot minute since I've jumped on and recorded. I had a few episodes all lined up for you and as you would have heard, we had another guest on last week, the beautiful Annalise. You guys seem to have loved that episode and it was all about building and contracts and all the important things that come with that and Annalise is so, so clever at what she does so I know a lot of you got so much info out of that episode. But today we're going to sort of segue similar from that. It's all about business and basically I've been having a lot of conversations with people similar to Annalise who have recently started their own sort of business or are thinking about starting their own business and just kind of like a winging it. And we all have to wing it at the start, like that's that's what it's all about. But I thought if I could go and do it all over again... These are the things I wish I had probably done sooner. I guess a lot of them I did invest in and and I set up really early on because I just went full ham when I started my business and I wanted it to be, you know, successful and I wanted to take it seriously. And I, I think that's the first message here is if you want people to take you seriously, that you're doing something big, you have to take yourself seriously and you have to just really invest in yourself and you have to put yourself out there. And that comes with releasing the fear of what other people are going to think of you. It comes with the fear of like spending money and thinking it, what if it doesn't work out? Like you've taken this step for a reason. And my best advice here is to just give it 110% and then you will re- be rewarded. But let's do a little, little weekly recap. I just was back up in Melbourne this last past week to watch my interior design students graduate from their diploma, advanced diploma. So that was super exciting. If you guys are up to date with the potty, you know that I have been mentoring interior design students at Swinburne for the last two years. And this year I had two beautiful students and they were just so easy to mentor, so talented, so creative. And I went up to Melbourne to see their exhibition and their presentations and it was beautiful, such a fun night out. And I'm just so excited to see what's next for both of them and for all the other students that were there. And it's just been so nice to have gone to an event and, you know, be recognized by a lot of those students and just to be somebody that they seek inspiration from and idolize is like a really surreal feeling and like to think that was only me in their position four years ago is out of this world so yeah I mean it hasn't been an easy journey but we are here and that's why I kind of think I have so much to share from my experience and about starting a business no matter whether you are a service-based business a product-based business 
or something of both or have a business or starting one this is just this is going to like relate to you in some way or another so let's get straight into it shall we First things first, and this does not matter who you are and what kind of business you are doing or how new or how much work you've got on or how much money you're making, you need an ABN. So an ABN is an Australian business number and it costs around $60 to register and it's just a way of being able to get, obviously, make income through whatever business you're doing as a sole trader, as a company, whatever it is. It's so important to have an ABN. And I think a lot of people are under the impression that they don't need one until they're generating a certain amount of income. That doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're making $1 a year, you need an ABN. It just, again, it's something to have on your invoices. It's something to help you register your business. And if you're like me and you're in the design industry and the, and you have a or you're a trade based business, ABNs are so great in order to get trade accounts. So for me, like every time I'm applying with a particular furniture store or supplier for a trade account, they will like they'll be like, "What's your ABN?" And then the next question they ask is, "What what's your website?" Because they want to be able to look you up and see that you're you've got a legit business and that you've, you're serious about what you're doing. You're not just like some random person. So that takes me into number two and it is having a website. Now, a lot of people think that they don't need a website and they don't have enough information to put on one. I just think it's so important that you have somewhere, some place on the internet that's just for you. It doesn't have to have much on it. It can literally just be you know, a landing page that has your contact details on it, but it just needs to have, you need to have a driver for where people can go to contact you and to to know more about you. And of course, if you're a product-based business, I think it's really serious for you to have a website instead of like selling things just like through social media or like at a market. Because when you start to like sell things to people, they're going to want to return to your business. And like, let's just say, for example, someone comes to buy something from you at, a, at the local market and you give them your business card. You want to be able to have a website on there so that then they can go back onto your website and buy from you again. Otherwise, like what if they're just, a, they're not local to your town and they've come to visit and then they've been to that market once. Like that's one way to lose a returning customer. Or if you're, I guess another example, people might struggle to set up a website if they are like a service-based business, but you need to be able to have a way people can book in. So for me, like I have a website and no, people can't book in through my website, but there's a way that people can inquire, set up an inquiry form through my website. I've got all my services listed on there. I've got information about me on there. And then of course I've got a whole range of things because now I sell products on my website. I've got a blog, you know, there's like, you can just continue to build a website and it's just such a good place to have all your things in one spot so that when someone like finds you, there's so much there for them to learn. And it's just cleaner. It's crisper than having this like scattered and lost across an Instagram or Facebook page. 
Um, and some people don't even have that either. So yeah, first things first, invest in a website. It doesn't have to be a super fancy, expensive one. It just has to be, you know, something that's got your information on there. And if you are someone like, let's just say that you need people to book in for your appointment, like for appointments or for services, then look into certain like, um, booking or appointment forums. So I know like Fresher is a good one. And I've been telling a few of my friends who are setting up like beauty businesses, for example, getting one of these apps, sometimes they're free. Sometimes they might just have like particular charging fees, not too sure because I don't use them, but they're just so convenient because you can put your availability into the app and then people can see like what is available so they can click a time that suits them. And then it's obviously already going to suit you. It helps you from not getting double booked. And of course, it's really cool because you can have people set up their payment option on there so they can set up their card details or whatever. That way, at the end of their appointment, you can charge them directly through this like app or whatever it is. And you can also accept deposits, which are a really big thing. And I'll get into that later on. But First things first, get a website, just some sort of directory so that people have a link to click onto and find you on the internet. So they can find you on Google, they can link it, you can link it from Facebook or Instagram. Just get yourself a place on the internet, please just do it. Number three, it's kind of going back to the ABN, is get an accountant. Now, another thing is people probably think, oh, I'm not that serious about my business, it's just a little side hustle. That doesn't matter. Get an accountant, even just set up an appointment with somebody just to ask a few questions about like what an ABN is or like what GST is, um, what can I claim within my industry. Having these conversations with someone who's extremely knowledgeable in it is really like important and helps you understand your own business more and Like, I feel like finding the right accountant is like finding the right therapist. Like, it's okay to sort of shop around for someone to make sure that you've got someone who really wants to help you and help you get the best out of, like, your business and who's, like, really on your side. Like, I have the most amazing accountant and I can contact her whenever I need something or have a question about something. She's such a magic magician (laughs) at doing tax returns. And she's just like so in my corner with my business and like, you know, she's like, I can't wait for next year's appointment to like see like all the things that you've done and talk about all the things you've done. And she's like so good at helping me claim different things that I wouldn't think I'd be able to claim. You know, like she just like jumps through hoops for me and I'm so grateful that I have someone in my corner for my business who wants the best for it as well. So that's something really important to get on to. And again, as early on as possible. It's like, don't think that you're not going to make that much money, or whatever. Cause even if you're not going to get to a point where you need to like pay a tax bill, they're going to help you just like, but in between all that to make sure that you get like the best out of like claiming things and like not having a tax bill or, you know, like, you know, they just, they're the, they're the gurus, like find someone who knows their shit and just honestly, get them to help you with everything because then again like it's it helps you from just trying to figure it out yourself and you might not always find the correct information whereas they're going to know the correct answer so yeah get yourself a good accountant number four social media 
Now, I can understand that some people who might be a bit older don't necessarily see the power of social media in business. But if you're younger, it's game-changing. Now, this doesn't have to be, you know, being on every form of social media. It's about being on the social media platform that is where you're going to find your ideal client. So, for example, when I've worked with some clients in like helping them with social media or in past jobs, our main clients are generated from Facebook because they're people that are a bit older and who have a bit more money to like invest in like, you know, building a house or who are going to go to this particular town to go to this coffee shop. Like doesn't matter what like, you know, the business is as such, but it's like who the client is because they're going to not be on a particular social media platform, but they're going to be on another. Whereas if you're like, let's just say a, like a beauty, like person or doing makeup or brows or whatever, you're going to most likely find a lot of younger people to be your ideal client and they're going to be more likely on Instagram or TikTok. So things like that. And again, if you're someone who's a product-based business, you might want to dabble more in TikTok because that's something that can help you generate and like get a lot more exposure. Like it's a lot easier to go viral and like all that sort of stuff. So you know, it's sort of measuring where you're going to find your ideal client and just promoting yourself on that particular social media platform is what I meant by this particular topic. The next one is branding and collateral marketing. So get yourself a logo and whether that's something that you just like whip up yourself or you invest in someone to do it, like just little promo here, I do branding design. So hit me up if you need a hand, but basically getting yourself a really good logo that represents your brand and your values and your clients and everything is so vital. And then you can use that across all of the collateral to make sure that everything is cohesive and like all matches up so that your branding is recognizable. For me, people say to me all the time, oh my God, that is just so your brand colors or that's so on brand for you or that place would be such a cool place for you to have a studio because it's your branding. Like I'm so like, I'm so good at embodying like my brand and like showing up consistently in my branding that people say that to me because it's like become a recognizable identity. And of course, down the track, I probably will change my brand name or my business name or have a rebrand. But at this point in time, like it just proves how identifiable it's become because of how consistent you see it on my page, on my website, in my products, in how I dress. It's honestly like you've got to become one with the brand, especially if you're a personal brand. Um, Products and like, you know, other things like that, maybe not so much, but you know what I mean? Like you want it to be consistent across all platforms and across all marketing material so that people can just start to like really think, oh my God, that's such and such, that's such and such. And they're seeing it everywhere and it just looks cohesive. It looks aesthetic. You know, you want to be able to just show up consistently and it's going to become a recognizable identity. That's the biggest thing about branding. The next one is 
similar to sort of the last few points, but it is building a bio or a almost like a it's like building a building a sim, let's call it, of your ideal target market, your ideal dream client, your ideal customer, purchaser, like whatever it is that relates to your business. Build a bio of what makes up that person. Like what kind of job does that person have if they have a job? What kind of like place do they live in? What kind of like money do they have? Does that matter if they have a lot of money or not so much money? It, like depending on what your like your business is and like your what's the cost of your business to your to your services? Like are you pretty like affordable or you premium? And then also just like what is that person's core values is mainly the most important one. And what are your core values also? Because you don't want to just like attract clients that don't match you personally because there's nothing worse than having to work with people who just are not on your level, who don't have the similar outlook on life as you do. Because if these people that you work with, like whether you're like literally – having to talk to them regularly or you're having face-to-face appointments, whatever it is, you want it to be with someone that you actually like and you know that they like you too. So firstly, creating this person isn't just about like, oh, I would love this like rich soccer mom because I know that they would just like spend all their money and whatever. It's like they could be the most negative, bitchiest, gossiping person ever And it just might not align with you. So like just because they're there spending money doesn't mean that's necessarily your ideal client. For me, I've had experiences with clients who I can just literally hang out with and go out for coffee with and not even be about business because they're basically my friends, not just my clients. And that is like the best feeling in the world because you want people that are just so on your level that whether you are doing business with them or not, doesn't matter because they're just so in alignment with you. So building those bios of those ideal like clients and then figuring out how you need to also show up to attract that, but also it should be really authentic for you because you just want to keep being yourself at the same time. The next one is just to practice your skill. So showing behind the scenes of what you do, creating a mock-up project, doing a project for yourself or on yourself or showing yourself using your product, like just showing like a relatability to what it is that you do. So whether it's like for me, obviously people love to see me designing the space or like talking about it or renovating my own kind of home because then they're just like, oh, I love like what you did in your space, whatever. Or I like, you know, your journal and that you make, like I love seeing you fill out your journal or um, packing an order, that sort of stuff. Like people love to see you using your product and showing like your skill on yourself and like that it's a part of your life too. So sort of behind the scenes of things is really cool for people to see and then they can like start to trust you that you do know if you know what I mean. So it's just like kind of like opening the door, letting people in. Like when you're going to start a business, you have to get pretty vulnerable and you have to be really open at sharing things if you want people to like actually trust you to buy from you or to come to you to use your service. So it's as simple as just like having more conversations on social media, um, 
yeah, showing up at a market, like doing whatever it is that's going to relate to you to getting people to like see that you are out there doing a particular thing and that they know that you're actually good at it or practicing it and learning and developing yourself. Next one is go to networking events. So whether this is something that is like business and industry related to you, so like I go to design events, I go to show like showrooms and see new collections, I go to business events, I go to marketing events, putting yourself out there to see what's going on in your industry and like for them to meet you too is really cool. So just sort of like making sure that you have ways of knowing and being up to date with those things so that you can make the effort to go. And a lot of the time, like going to these events is completely something that you can like claim on tax because, you know, it's all business. And then, of course, there's other things like going and networking with people who you can learn from. So, If you're like new at your business and you're still learning skills and still learning how to talk to clients and deal with people, like even if you do something where you can shadow somebody else who you look up to in the industry, um, anything you can just to network and learn from another person and then to develop your skill is just, it's game changing. It's all about collaborating. All right, now we're kind of getting into the serious stuff that I'm just like, these are the things that you know, I wish I knew sooner and that you need to just like do from the beginning and not just like let people walk all over you with these kind of things. Like this is the hard, the hard stuff that comes with time and experience, but you really can be confident enough to just do it from the start. So the first one is take deposits. Now, obviously this is more related to like a service. So if you're someone who, for me, I guess I do website design and branding design, interior design. So taking a deposit from someone before you start their project so that then they've committed to you and you can charge however you might, how much you feel needed for this deposit or for the time frame to the deadline, like whatever it is. That way people are locked in and then it's obviously up to you if it's like a deposit they can get back if they pull out or generating a contract so that they know like what it entails if they are to pull out or if you pull out. Contracts of course are really important but they're obviously relevant to whatever it is that you're doing and if you need one. But yeah, even if you're someone who does tattooing or you're a makeup artist, whatever it is, you should be taking a deposit so that people don't drop their booking and leave you hanging on the day of your and their appointment. The next one is do not do a deal for deal with somebody. Like, I'll give you a free this if you do this for me. Like, I think it's obviously a common thing to do with people in your similar industry or someone that you're really good friends with, but I just think it never ends well and it's never evenly balanced. It's just better to pay for their service and then pay for yours or product or whatever it is. I just think it's safer. Everyone gets the right amount of money that they owed and it just honestly is about business at the end of the day. Like mixing that, like crossing that line can be really dangerous in terms of like friendships and businesses and collaborating on things because like obviously if you're someone who's pretty chill and doesn't care to like do something for free then yeah go go for it but if you're someone that's like oh they like I hope they pay me back or I hope that I get 
something from them. Like if you're on edge about it and you're nervous about it and you know, you want something in return, then just do it properly. And just like, I, I'm not afraid to say to people if they like sort of ask, Oh, if I do this for you, like, would you do this for me? I'll just say, look, that's not really the way I work. I'm happy to pay for your service or for your product. And then you can pay for mine because I know that they're not going to equal out the same way. So that's my biggest tip to start with. And I just think don't get sucked into someone who's trying to be like, oh, I'll just give you a free this if you just like, you know, come and do this for me for a bit. Nuh-uh, nuh-uh, no, because they are someone who probably isn't going to be, you know, their service probably isn't worth as much as yours, if you know what I'm saying. So be strong, be confident in that and don't let anyone sort of walk all over you. All right, next one is look into if you need insurance. Now, it's really important that you know, you know, what you need to be covered for in any kind of circumstance. So yeah, look into insurance, whether that's for a product, whether it's for your service, dealing with people, being on site, um, having a like place, a workplace cover, whatever it is, just look into that because you don't want to not have that if you need it. Trust your gut, all right? Now, this comes with if you feel like someone or something is showing you a red flag, i.e., you know, someone's just like trying to get something for free or just being a bit like not respecting your boundaries or a bit back and forth with you, just trust that they're red flags and that they're not going to be worth dealing with. I had a really serious like encounter last year right at the end of the year like people that want something right at the end of the year are guaranteed to be like you know it's it's a nervous time of year to be taking on any work or something but at the same time like it's trusting your judgment because if you can do it then do it but at the same time like you know just be really cautious So last year at the end of the year, I had somebody like approach me about a website design and I was just like, yeah, of course, like I can get it done. Like, you know, it was for a product-based business and I just sort of thought, okay, this person like wants to sell some products for Christmas, all that stuff. Like I see the importance of it and and it's like somebody I know, so I'm like, I'll, you know, I'm going to jump through hoops to get this done for that person quoted it up you know I really went above and beyond for it and worked up until like literally Christmas Eve to get this pot like get this website finished and pumped out and I was like so happy with it and I just was like it looks amazing it was really loved it obviously things didn't go quite well after that and took a turn and it was really disheartening because you know I'd gone out of my way to do something for someone right at the end of the year and just backfired so I guess there was red flags leading up to it like the first you know meeting I was meant to catch up with this person they didn't show up so it was like okay you know and there was like a few reasons why but I'm like were they just you know they didn't understand that I sat at a meeting place for two hours waiting for them to get there and they just wouldn't uncontactable like there was so many red flags and at the same time it's just like 
okay, I've learned from that experience 100%. I can sit here and say that because I know that I could have done things properly and that that was like true. Like it was my first year of business. I wanted to do goodbye someone at the end of the year and get something done and squeezed in for them. But looking back, I was like, wow, I really should have been smarter about the way I handled that and I really should have trusted, you know, my intuition a bit more. And from that, of course, I have learned from that experience. So also whilst I'm currently dealing with a similar, you know, thing right now with somebody like a few, not just one person, to be honest, like lots of people sort of coming to me at the end of the year and are curious about if I can get a project done for them by like a really tight deadline. It's just about being super honest and like making sure that people are paying deposits and they understand what's involved, etc. because we obviously want to make sure that, you know, I get dealt with correctly and that I deal with them correctly and that everyone's happy and I don't want to end up in the same position as I did last year. So if someone's showing you a red flag, listen to the red flag and just like, it's as simple as just like honestly parking that person and just, you know, giving them a minute to be like, just sit there and just be like, okay, what am I going to say to this person? And generating the right thing to say back to them. But yeah, at the end of the day, everything's business and you have to sometimes take away your your feelings from it because that can't always come into play. Like we've got to be almost a little bit like reserved sometimes when it comes to dealing with like hard things in business. And that's a big thing I have learnt. Obviously be nice and be like very, you know, professional but at the same time like you don't have to fluff about it and you don't have to like try and be all nice about it because that person's probably not being nice to you so (laughs) just be really serious and be to the point and direct and sometimes silence is the best answer is what my dad tells me and sometimes it has been so yeah honestly just trust your gut was that that was a really deep dive into that but um if you don't trust your gut bad things happen (laughs) is the moral of that story. And the final one I have, and it comes back to like investment and investing in yourself and it is investing in content. So whether that is getting a social media person to help you, whether it's getting some professional photos done, whatever it is, just investing in content of you, of your business, of your projects, whatever it is, it just helps you so, so much to like to share your work, to share who you are, to share what you do, to show it behind the scenes, to share high quality photos of your products, all of that good stuff, invest in it. And it doesn't have to be thousands and thousands of dollars, but just enough to get you like a good batch of content to last you a while. Because I guess from the start, you want people to be seen like the the most. So yeah, huge thing to think about and to get in to consider when you're starting your business. I could go on for days, I'm not going to lie, because even though I'm only my second year of actually running a business by myself, I've learned a lot of things from obviously working in other businesses and seeing the way other people manage and work and run a business. So look, it's it's not new for me and there's a hundred billion things I could say to do or not do, but They're probably my key takeaways of what I would say to people who are really just starting out, who are thinking about starting. And this is all really exciting, like big boss energy stuff. Like this is 
freaking cool shit. Like this isn't just nothing to be scared about. This is like you're taking a huge step for yourself and this is just going to be the ways of helping you take yourself seriously so that other people will take you seriously too. None of this like, oh, how's your little business going or are you selling many products or are you getting many clients? Like, are you busy? It's like, fuck off. I'm building an empire. 